My brand voice guide is my business's North Star when it comes to keeping all my business content and marketing content clear, consistent, and inviting. That's why I created the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner, which is a free resource to help your business experience the same as mine. So all you have to do is plug in your business details into the given outline that I've created that has all the essential components of a brand voice guide. So you don't even have to pay to get it created like I did. You can plug in your information and you'll be well on your way to having a cohesive voice across all brand assets. And I've even shared my own brand voice guide with you so you can use it as a reference as you craft your own. It's like having a mentor right by your side. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide to grab your copy of the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner. And I can promise you, you're going to elevate your brand instantly. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide. You're listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast, episode number 133. Welcome to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast. Business advice so easy, you'll feel like you're cheating. And now your host, Amy Porterfield. Welcome back to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Porterfield. Now, tell me this. Have you ever actually hated yet loved doing something at the same time? Maybe you're completely passionate about it, even really good at it, yet you feel like you struggle with it every single time. That's how it sometimes feels when you're creating an online course. And that's why I'm dedicating an entire special episode to the mysteries of the product creation process. Specifically, what the heck do you do when you get stuck? I feel like the most common reason we get stuck when creating a course is because it's tough to focus. I hear this one all the time from my students. Recently, I saw a post on Facebook and this is what it said. Anyone else out there having a hard time nailing down their course content? I feel like I have so many good pieces, but I don't know where to start. And that happens all the time. Now, I want to dive into what do you do when you have all these great ideas circling around in your head and you really want to get them out into the world, but you're not really sure what to do about all this content. Okay, so let's get to it. I have a good friend who is having this very challenge right now around focusing on her course content. She's been teaching her content around reinventing yourself for years. The girl is a pro when it comes to her core topic. She knows this content. She can recite it in her sleep. Maybe some of you can relate. Like She is really good with what she teaches but she's never put it into an online course. And so when it came time to actually sit down and get all her ideas into a really nice outline, it was almost like her mind went blank. So I sat down with her and I said, okay, there's some questions that you need to ask yourself to get started when you're thinking about taking all that you know and putting it into a course. The number one question is, what's your outcome for the course? 
And I'm actually talking about your business outcome. How will this course that you want to create support your business? Is it going to be a supplement to your coaching and consulting services? Or is it going to eventually be the main thing to leverage your time and effort so you're not always dealing with coaching clients? Or is this going to be something that you're going to start with, but you're going to build a product suite? Now, you may not have all the answers to these questions, but you need to at least start to think about them. How would a course actually fit into your business model? And are you looking to create a course to totally change your business model? You guys have probably heard me talk about this so much, so I won't get into all the details. But when I first started my online business, I started out as a consultant. I would consult for social media management, and I had about eight different clients during my first two years of business. Now, if you ever heard the story, you know that I hated that business model. I wasn't good at juggling a bunch of clients, and I was such a yes girl at the time that I had no boundaries, and it just became completely overwhelming. So I didn't manage it well. Looking back, I could have done a much better job, but I just knew that that wasn't the business model I wanted to have. So I decided to start creating online courses to actually change my business model. Today, creating courses and selling my courses online is my number one revenue driver. Number two would be some small affiliate partnerships that I have. But other than that, the only way I make money is with my online courses. So it's become my entire foundation for my online business. Now, at the time, it was always my goal to do that. It just took a while to get there. So there was a time when I was still taking clients and I was promoting my courses. And I was kind of in that in-between transitioning into a new business model. So if you're struggling with your business model and you're not sure where you want to go with it, or you know where you want to go with it, but you're not sure how to get there, I did create a podcast episode called Where Do I Start? And it walks you through the different phases of your business. It's number 105. So if you go to amyporterfield.com forward slash 105, that might be a really valuable episode for you. Okay. So the first question, getting back to things, what's your outcome for the course as it pertains to your business? The second question you want to ask is what's the biggest pain point that must be solved right now for your core audience? That phrase right now is actually really important because there's probably a few different things that you can solve for your core audience, especially if you know your content well, and you've been teaching on it for a while but you need to figure out where are they starting from. And I'll get into that a little bit more when we talk about the type of course you're going to create. So hold that thought and I'll come back to it. Number three, which topic would best support those core outcomes and pain points? So what is the best possible way I can get my students from point A to point B as quickly as possible? A is the problem, B is the result. Now, that's a really important question to ask because you can't solve every problem that they have with one course. That is never, ever the goal. So right now, if you have so much content circling around in your head, I'm going to repeat it one more time. Ask the question, what is the best possible way I can get my students from point A, which is their problem right now, to point B, which is the results that I know I can get them? 
as quickly as possible. Because let's be honest, our students want to get there yesterday. They want to get there as soon as possible. So that is definitely part of the equation when you're thinking about what you're going to include in your course in terms of content. Now, these three questions should help you get some momentum to begin narrowing your focus. Tony Robbins always says, where focus goes, energy flows. So once you decide on a topic and commit to it, you will feel your creative energy increase. Now, I know for many of you, it can be agonizing to decide which content do you keep and which content do you not put into your program. And it's almost like you have a bunch of kids and you have to pick out your favorite. Or for some of you, it's even more dramatic. And it's a case of Sophie's Choice, where it's agonizing to you to figure out what you're going to keep in and what you're going to take out. So I want to help you with this just a bit and put it into a different perspective. You want to think about where your core audience is in this very moment. So if you have been connecting with your audience, if you've been talking to them online, if you've been listening to them, you probably already have a good sense as to where they would be starting out if you would introduce your content to them. And then when you ask that question, and I'll give you an example of my friend who did this, but once you ask that question, then you need to decide, okay, is it better to create an introductory course for my core audience or a signature course? So for those of you who aren't really familiar with the difference between the two, let me just break them down quickly. If you are creating an introductory course, you're basically creating the getting started point for your core audience. This course is going to be packed with value, but it doesn't unveil every single step or the entire framework of your content from start to finish. It's more of an opportunity to get them started. Now, with an introductory course, you can definitely get into specifics. You can give exercises, recommendations. You can definitely teach them exactly what they need to know to get from point A to point B. But point B, which is the results, might not be the whole shebang. And let me give you an example. When I created my first program, it was FB Influence. And FB Influence was a starter guide for Facebook. It was for those who were not familiar with the Facebook platform. This was years ago. So there's a lot more people that didn't know how to use Facebook for business. And it helped them get started set up their Facebook page, add images, know what to post, a little bit with Facebook ads, but just getting started. It was enough to get somebody results and momentum, but it wasn't going to shape their entire Facebook marketing plan. And if I did give them something to shape their entire Facebook marketing plan, knowing where they were at in the moment, it would have been way too overwhelming and they would have never gotten through my course. So I knew who I wanted to market to, and I knew where they were starting. So I decided to do an introductory course. Now, with an introductory course, it's usually a price point that is very affordable. One of the most popular price points for an introductory course is $97. And so it's something that most people can't afford. So it makes it a little bit easier to sell. So if you're brand new at all of this, that might be appealing to you. Now, a signature course 
that's a little bit different. Usually a signature course is the work you are most excited to create for your students. Most people are more passionate about the signature course content than they are the introductory course. And also when it comes to a signature course, it's specific and detailed, but it involves multiple layers. So your introductory course can be specific and detailed for sure. It should be, but it doesn't involve multiple layers. And a signature course usually takes people a lot more time to get through more effort, more energy. Now it's not just a jumping off point for your students, but it's diving deep. That's what a signature course does. And it is truly the entire framework from start to finish that leads to a transformation. Now, it doesn't mean that the signature course is every piece of content you've ever created and taught. It just means that it is an entire framework so that point A to point B, the point B is a very specific and true transformation, whether it be in their finances, their relationships, their health their business, whatever it might be at the end, they feel totally transformed. So you might be thinking, okay, well, how do I decide between introductory course and a signature course? And the way you do that is a few different things you want to look at. Number one, the level of understanding you have about your students' needs and wants plays a huge part. So knowing where they're starting from and what they need right now will help you decide, should I do an introductory course or a signature course? So let me break it down with one more example. I have a course called Webinars That Convert. And Webinars That Convert helps people who already have a course market their course. Or if you have a really good idea and you want to build a live online workshop, you can sell it on the webinar and deliver it live afterwards online. This would not be a course for someone just starting out wanting to get their feet wet with online marketing. If they're just starting their blog and they want to start trying a little bit of social media marketing and maybe do some guest blog posting, they're maybe thinking about creating a podcast. That is not the audience for webinars that convert. Now I have another course, which is List Builders Lab. And List Builders Lab is definitely for those just starting out, not really sure what they're going to sell, but they want to start building their email list because they see the value there. So that would be more of an introductory course for someone to get their feet wet, start trying some more online marketing strategies, and start thinking about what they might want to create as a course so that They can start the conversation in their head and eventually be ready for my webinars that convert program. So I have a mix of introductory and signature courses because I've created a product suite over the years and it took me a while to get there. So you might want to start thinking about what would a product suite look like? Doesn't have to be set in stone, but I do believe that starting with an introductory course, if that does speak to the needs of your audience is one of the easier ways to go for a course creator just starting out. Okay, another thing you want to think about when deciding between an introductory course and a signature course is your depth of knowledge on your course topic. Now, I've been using an example of somebody that has been teaching their content for years and years. They just haven't yet laid it out into an online course. But maybe this topic for you is fairly new. And when I taught FB Influence, the introductory course for Facebook, I don't think I was ready in my knowledge or skill set 
to teach a full-blown Facebook marketing plan course. That's one of the reasons why I started with an introductory course. Now, once I had the introductory course and I got into the Facebook group and started talking to my customers, I became more educated in what they needed. I did my research. I improved my skill set and knowledge around Facebook. And then I did eventually create a Facebook marketing course, which was called Facebook Marketing Profit Lab. But that came after my introductory course. So it made it easier for me to ease into a bigger course with a lot more layers. Another thing to think about is your confidence in teaching what you know. So your ability to get results. So it's one thing if you know a lot about your course topic, but have you gotten results for either yourself or preferably other people? And so if you don't have a lot of results for other people under your belt, you probably don't want to dive into a full signature course. Now, you never want to create a course until you've gotten results for somebody. And that somebody might just be you. I know a lot of people who have cracked the code to depression in their lives or to the fact that they've always been overweight and they finally figured out how to lose the weight and keep it off. So they've created courses based on their own personal transformation. And that's totally fine but you definitely have to have a proven track record before you actually create your course. Really important because with every course, you're promising some level of results. So you need that track record to back it up. Another thing to think about when you're going for an introductory course versus a signature course is the revenue goals and expectations. So obviously if you're selling a $97 course and you want to make a million dollars this year with that course, Well, you're going to be selling a whole heck of a lot of courses, and that's not necessarily easy to do. So you have to really set your own expectations and know, okay, if I'm going to create a signature course, this is how much I could charge for it versus if I was going to create an introductory course, well, I'm going to have to sell a whole lot more to get to my goals. So just something to think about. Now, here's one piece of advice that might surprise you. The number of modules and the number of lessons inside your course should not determine if it's an introductory course or a signature course. And this one is really important because when I created FB Influence, I think there were 20 different training videos. When I created webinars that convert, there were about 20 training videos. They're just at a deeper level inside webinars that convert than they'd ever be with an introductory course. So the number of modules and lessons and cheat sheets and all that does not determine if it's an introductory course or signature course. I've seen signature courses that have five videos in them total. So that is not a determining factor. The determining factor is how deep are you going to go and at what level of transformation are you going to promise with the results in your course? So just something to think about. Don't force it teach what you know. So to help solidify all of this, let's get back to my friend who is creating her first online course. First, she looked at her business. She knew that although she's been teaching this content forever, she's never put it into an online course. So starting simple was going to allow her to do a really good job without getting in over her head. So part of the reason why she chose an introductory course was because she knew she didn't want to bite off more than she could chew in the beginning. So she wanted to give it a really good focus, but not get in over her head. 
Also, she had a really big magazine spread coming up really soon, and she wanted to optimize the exposure as quickly as possible. So she decided that starting with an introductory course was a good business decision because she could get it done a whole lot quicker and really optimize the magazine spread that was coming out because she'd get a lot of traffic to her website and her course would be done. So when you're making the decision between introductory and signature, one of the things you want to consider is that an introductory course typically takes a lot less time to get done. You're not going as deep. It's not as stressful for the course creator. And so she looked at it and thought, well, time needs to be on my side here. So I'm going to go with something a little bit simpler. Now, when she looked at her audience to make the decision between introductory and signature, she had already surveyed her audience recently, and she was very active with them inside of a private Facebook group that she had created about six months ago. So she had created this free private Facebook group where she was the leader of the group, but anybody could join, and she had this great rapport with them. So she was very aware of where they were in their process and their knowledge and their desire to reinvent themselves. And that's what the whole group was about. So she formed a group around the topic of her potential course, which I thought was really smart. So getting out ahead of it is always a good idea. So when it came to her specific topic of reinventing yourself, she was aware that her audience was in the just getting started phase. They loved the idea, although they didn't totally understand what it meant. And they wanted to see some changes in their lives, but they weren't at that place where they were ready to jump in both feet, totally immerse themselves and go for it, which she knew that's what it takes to get the big, big results. But her audience wasn't there yet. And it was her job to lead them to want that total transformation. So a great thing that she could do is just start them out with putting a toe in the water. And that's what her introductory course would do. Now, dipping your toe in the water might not sound like a big deal, but it could be a big deal if you do it right. Meaning if they start to see some change happen, if they start to learn a different way of thinking or a different way of looking at their problem, if they start to dabble with some exercises to get them used to the idea that, hey, change is possible for me. That's what an introductory course can do. It gets results. It's just not the total transformation. Something to consider as you start to decide what kind of course you are going to create. Now, for those of you who are considering an introductory course versus doing a signature course, I know the next question that you're thinking, and it likely is, what do I do with all the content that doesn't fit into my introductory course? And remember, because sometimes it feels like Sophie's choice, it is almost agonizing to let go of some of your really good content. So before you even get started with your course, I want you to create a special online document. Use Google Docs or Evernote, whatever works best for you, whatever is really easy to access at any time of day when you get an idea. And I want you to name that document, My Next Course. So that's what you're going to do first before you even start to create the content for your first course. And then as you're creating your outline for your course content, and as you get into all the details of what you want to include, and an idea comes to you that is so, so good, but it doesn't fit into your current program, 
I want you to jump over to your next course document and put in your ideas there. Anything that you think about that you think, oh, that'd be so good, but I can't include it here, put it into the Google Doc. That way, all of your ideas are safe and you don't have this anxiety, but what about this and what about that? And I need to know this. So having a safe place to keep all of your content ideas is paramount because it eliminates the thought in your mind that sounds a bit like this. I must include this piece. It's so good. I have to teach it or I'll be doing my audience a huge disservice. They need this so bad. Now, I know that voice because my friend has tried it on me a million times. So when I talked to her about creating her outline and eliminating some content, she'd always go down this road of talking about her content, almost like she was teaching me the content and her eyes would glaze over and she'd just be rattling off about this amazing content here and there and trying to teach it to me. Like she'd lose herself in her content every single time. So that's when I said, okay, you need to create this Google doc. And when you have an idea, put it in there for your next course, but stay true to what this course is all about and what this course is promising. Because the truth is your audience likely does need this content that you feel so passionate about, but they don't need it now. And if you pile on all of your content into one course, you are totally derailing the progress of your students because you're creating overwhelm and some confusion for them. So holding back on content creation is a very responsible move as a course creator. One thing I haven't said yet is that when you are creating your course, and we're going to now get into your course outline, your goal is to create a roadmap. And it should be very, very clear where your core audience is starting out inside your course, what they're going to do step by step, and what it will take to get to the end result that you've promised. The roadmap should be clear to you and clear to them. And the extra content that doesn't fit, but is oh so good. It's like these total obstacles in the roadmap that will fully derail your audience. And so I want you to kind of picture it in your head, this beautiful, clean roadmap from point A to point B. And there might be some squiggly lines and some mountains and hills to get over to get from point A to point B. And that's okay. That's called life. And that's going to happen inside your course because they are human. So it's not going to all be smooth sailing. But if you picture this roadmap and then you just dump a bunch of boulders in there, anywhere you want, just throw these boulders. Those boulders are actually your extra content that shouldn't be there. And it makes it really difficult to get to the finish line. So if you think about it that way, pull back, put that extra content into your next course document and leave it there for now. It actually will allow you to breathe a little easier as well because your mind is not racing with so many ideas. Okay. So now we're moving into the next common reason that most people get stuck in their course creation process. It's all about the outline. So personally, I actually get stuck in the outline too, because there's a few reasons. Number one, sometimes it feels like the content just isn't flowing correctly. Number two, I'm trying to stick too much stuff in, which we've talked about enough. And number three, I get distracted by all the other content 
and forget the original outcome. So I get so close to my content, even if it's the right content to put in my course, and I forget what the outcome is. And so these reasons are why it makes it tough sometimes to create an outline. Now, the solution for all of these is to go back to your end result. I am creating this course to solve a real and specific problem, and that problem is fill in the blank. So always come back to what it is that you're solving. And maybe you might even need to put a post-it note in front of you when you're writing your outline and maybe a bright orange post-it so it really stands out and write what your promise is for the course so that you keep coming back to that promise. And then, of course, I want you to think in terms of that roadmap and about where your customer needs to start Where are the landmarks they need to hit along the way? And where do they ultimately need to end up? So that vision of your roadmap can definitely keep you on track while you're creating your outline. Now, I always encourage my students to take a solid week to create their course outline. Now, that doesn't mean every waking hour of the day you're working on your outline. It actually means you need a little white space in between outline creation. Now, in my Courses That Convert program, I actually break this down into four phases, and I encourage my students to work on these four phases, but after they've worked on, let's say, phase one for an hour, they get up, they walk around, they hydrate, they get some fresh air, and then they can come back to it. That's the white space. You can't just force this or it's going to be a horrible experience because the outline part is hard. This is where it all comes back to, I have so much content and so much to give, and I want to vomit it all up in one course. I mean, that's the reality of how some of us feel. So this is the time that we have to give ourselves some space and remind ourselves that we're not going to do that. So the first phase, I'm going to break up the four phases, is brainstorm. So this step will take you the most time out of all the four phases. And I suggest you initially take one full hour and brain dump your entire course content into, let's say, a Google Doc or Evernote file, whatever you want to use. And then you come back to this tomorrow and you spend another 30 minutes to an hour brain dumping some more. Get it all out. Include everything. No ideas are bad ideas or good ideas. There's no judgment. You don't need to know exactly how you will teach the content And you will likely need to research some content further. That's not what we're doing here. We're just getting all the ideas that are in our head and we're getting them onto a Google Doc. Now, again, we're not refining here. We're not cleaning up. We're not organizing. We're just doing a brain dump. So the goal here is to get everything out of your head and into a document. Now, phase two is to organize. And this is where you'll start to shape your content. Sequence and syntax are paramount inside any online training course. So pay close attention to how you plan to unveil the content to your students. A good starting point in this phase is to start organizing your content into modules and then into lessons. And you will likely find yourself moving things around a bunch until everything starts to feel like it's in the perfect sequence. This is a time where you probably want to have two tabs open. Because in the brainstorming session, you just put everything in your head into that document. And I can guarantee you 
There's a lot of content in there that needs to be copied and then pasted into the next course Google Doc that you created and then deleted from the actual brainstorm document you're working on now. So during phase two, the organized phase, you'll likely want to move some stuff over to your next course document. In the organized phase, you're looking for your flow, like step-by-step or a process or a system that you can teach inside your course. So you want it to be simple to follow and you want it to be complete. If you're a mind mapper, this is a good time to start chunking things out into a mind map. I hate mind maps, so that's not my jam, but if it is for you, go for it. Okay, so now you're moving into the streamline phase. And as you streamline your outline, get into your potential customer's head. Are you leaving any key distinctions out? Does any content seem confusing or out of place? Will they be able to follow along? Are you seeing a roadmap from start to finish? That's what you're looking for in the streamline phase. And then once you do that, you can move into the final phase, which is the enhance phase. And the enhance phase is all about finding the areas where you could add a little extra support. So enhancing means adding cheat sheets, checklists, short guides, anything that could be, let's say, a PDF so that you can enhance your student's experience, give them a little extra support maybe a document to troubleshoot something that they might have trouble with along the way. So whatever it might mean for you, but you can enhance your content with extra material. And that's what I do as my last phase of my outlining process. Find the places where I could add cheat sheets, checklists, exercises, whatever it might be. So using the word enhance, that just enhances the whole experience. Now, the final thing that I want you to do once you have your full outline completed is I would love for you to find somebody to send it to, to have a second pair of eyes on it. Because remember, I feel like many of us are a little bit too close to our own content and it's always nice to have somebody else take a look at what you've done. So either choose somebody that knows your content well, or you can choose somebody that might be a great potential customer for your course. And you want them to look at the entire outline and you want them to let you know, do you see a flow from start to finish with this content? Do you see how it could be a roadmap? Are there any areas that are confusing? Do you think I'm missing anything? Does it start at the right spot for where my audience is? And so you've got to find the right person to review it for you, but you also want them to be brutally honest and not afraid to hurt your feelings by saying, something's off with this. This isn't working for me and here's why. But that feedback from just one person would be really, really valuable. And then once you have your outline completely finished and somebody has looked at it and you've re-engineered it in any way you need to, it's time to then move all of that content either over to scripts that you are going to use to record direct to camera. So maybe you are going to be on camera teaching your content Or you can move the content in the outline over to a slide deck series where you're actually creating a slide deck for each of your lessons in your course. So the outline should show where there's a module and where there are lessons. So the way I look at it, each of my courses has a series of modules, let's say five modules. 
And then in each module, there might be three to five lessons. And the lessons are the actual video recordings where I teach the content. So the module is like the big picture. And then underneath each module, there are the lessons. So for me, I will have multiple slide deck presentations because each of them represent a different lesson. And it takes me a good week to move everything from my outline into my slide decks for each lesson. So give yourself some time. Don't think that that happens really fast. I mean, you definitely have to think about what content you're going to include, what images you're going to include and all that good stuff. But here's the good news. Once you have all of your slide deck presentations finished, if that's the way you're going to go, then it's time to record. And the biggest lesson I've ever learned, because I've created a lot of online courses, is that I never want to start recording any of my lessons until my slide decks are 100% complete. Here is why. In the past, what I would do is I would create the slide deck presentation for lesson one, and then I would record it, edit it, and be done. And then I'd go on to lesson two. And as I'm recording lesson two, I realize, oh, holy cow, I totally forgot to mention XYZ in lesson one. And now my syntax is off and now it's a little bit confusing. And now I have to go back, add in that section, re-edit it, blah, 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 blah. It's so annoying. So if I could give you any piece of advice as to how to lay it all out into a slide deck and then record it, I want you to do it in just that sequence. First, finish all your slide decks. Next, do the recording slash editing or have someone else edit whatever you want to do. But that definitely has saved me so much heartache because I was able to refine my course even more as I worked the outline content into my slide decks. So hopefully that helps you just a bit as well. So there you have it. I hope you found some valuable tips and strategies for getting unstuck with your course creation process. And here's some good news. It definitely gets easier as you have a few courses under your belt. So I remember how incredibly painful my first course creation process was. I never want to go back to that moment. I also didn't have a lot of feedback or insight on how to do it. So I was completely winging it, which I never suggest. However, when I started to create a few more courses over the years, I definitely saw that it was getting easier. And here's where it gets easier. Once you've done it a few times and you sit down to create your new outline, the roadmap that I talked about becomes a little bit clearer right from the get-go because you've done it before. By now, you're likely going to understand your audience more, what they need, what they want. Your business has grown, so you understand the direction you want to go. And that roadmap becomes clearer faster. And when that happens, you're able to put together your content in a flow and be really confident that this is the way that you want to take your audience from the beginning point A to point B. So everything just gets a whole lot more clear. And that clarity offers a lot of confidence in what you're doing. So you definitely have that to look forward to if you're just starting out. The moral of the story, it does get easier. Thanks again for being here. And I cannot wait to connect with you again next week. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.amyporterfield.com.